Hello, everyone. Hi, friendos. Welcome to the live stream. So we just premiered the first episode of Remember the Human, a podcast about an AI podcast about people. Uh, featured Ryan, Mike and Cal Mike, Ryan Michael Calagiri, so I appreciate him for being on the show. And this is what I'm going to call episode 1A, um, just an afterthought, an afterthoughts episode where I'm going to talk to you about some of my thoughts after the conversation, like how things, some of the things I kind of, I kind of thought about after I chatted with Ryan and really, well, before I get into, I'll get into the logistics, the, this will be available on YouTube. So I'm going to be preparing these on YouTube like this, uh, right after the episode, but the audio only versions will be available via Spotify, Google podcasts and Apple podcasts, wherever else I'm, I'm broadcasting it out to. But if you want to be a part of the conversation, come to uh, youtube.com and uh, check out the playlist on my on my YouTube channel. In any case, the whole theme that Ryan brought up, we talked about teaching and coaching and how AI, but more specifically generative AI, could have a role in that. And, and we kind of talked a little bit about this idea of the human touch, and, and that's kind of what the theme was. And, and the the kind of the takeaway I got from this, if you look at the title of the stream is can AI can extend the air quotes, human touch. What do I mean by that? Um, I want to explain that a little bit further. Um, let's talk about what it means to give something a human touch, right? We talked about leadership, teaching leadership, teaching these different human experiences, right? Very human things. You know, we, we don't have robotic leaders. We don't have artificial intelligence leaders like today, at least. So when, you, when you're asking questions about how can you use an AI or generative AI to provide a human touch, that kind of, I've really thought that through. Um, and I think Ryan's got it right. It's not going to replace the human touch at all, but it certainly can extend it. Um, it can, you can get a reach to other people that he normally would not be able to engage with as a coach or a teacher. So I want to talk about the two pieces here about teaching and then I'm going to talk about coaching. I think teaching is an interesting one because I think I think that one's one part of that part of that episode and that conversation it really focused in on okay, yeah, I think you nailed it on the head like there's change coming to education. Um you know, from students and the teacher's perspective. So Ryan's, as far as I'm concerned, Ryan's taking the right approach, right? Embracing the technology because you can fight it all you want, but time and time again, we see that the technology, if it's that good, it just becomes, a, it just, it, we can't put the cat back in the bag. We can't undo it. So now we need to figure out how to adapt to the technology. So when you're talking about it from a teaching perspective, it gets interesting where things that we've been doing for a very long time, if you argue in the universities, you know, we've been doing essays and these sorts of same sorts of uh, exercises and assignments. It's going to change how that system works. And some would argue that that's terrible, right? This is a system that's worked for hundreds of years. I, I I would have a counterpoint to that. I don't think the way we taught 100 years ago is the same way we are teaching now. Maybe there's similarities, but again, technology has changed how education is delivered. Just think of the introduction of just, you know, using a, a, a common with the computer, how important 
the computer became when you talked about it in the 70s versus the 80s versus the 90s, you know, the classroom computer versus the computer lab, you know, kids aren't going to learn how to write anymore. They're not going to learn how to do math. And maybe there are some situations where you can argue, yeah, that's probably true. Maybe the kids aren't doing as much with calculators uh, or, or they're not doing as much uh, mental math. They're using, they're using computers or calculators as a smaller version of that, right? When the pocket calculator is introduced, a very similar story. Oh, we don't need to do math anymore. That doesn't change the need for it, but it certainly changes the way we grade people and how the rubric needs to work to assess students. And generative AI helps students work out those details so they can work on the content, they can work on the lesson. And, and the why I think Ryan's got it right is, and I think students should take uh, a real caution to this because there's this idea like, haha, my job is going to be so easy. I've had a couple of folks actually reach out to me before and saying it's going to be great being a student now because I can just get this the AI to write all my essays for me. It's like, well, okay, you could argue, you could do that. You're going to cheat yourself out of an education, you know, or maybe the expectation is going to become higher. Right? Maybe there's an expectation you're going to deliver more essays because you have ChatGPT to help you write them. And you have to get it's up to you as the editor of that AI uh, and as the content, as the, as the source of inspiration for the idea to drive the AI to actually come up with better, more engaging arguments, more interesting arguments and learn how to use that AI to be quick about it. And you're proofreading and you're going over, making sure your argument is sound. Um, Ryan had some good examples of lessons like create a video now. Sure, you could say you could create a synthetic AI video. Those systems exist. Again, with generative AI, you can you can synthesize your voice, you can synthesize a person, they have the uh, generated actors, all that stuff. That all exists. But it's still, you need to script it. You need to get the message across. And the AI can put some stuff together for sure. Um, but if Ryan, as the teacher, is looking for what's your take on it? What's that, again, that human touch? There's more to, to that than just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? There's more to it than just the content itself, right? The way you express it, the way you, the mannerisms, the eye contact, um, your, your, your emotions. We don't have, we're not talking about Android. We're talking about one piece helping you generate content, but you've got to deliver that content. And now teachers can ask students to focus in on that delivery, make it great. Cause I know that the writing is not the hard part anymore. That's a solved problem. And so I think that's a, an interesting take. I think we're going to see some real changes over the next while with the introduction of generative AI. And there's still going to be people fighting. It's going to be a gradual change. Um, for anyone who's used generative AI, you know it's not perfect. But it certainly speeds along that boilerplate stuff. It certainly speeds along the editing process. Um, you know, rather than rewriting it over and over and over again, I can use generative AI to get me something pretty good. Is it the best possible? Is it, is it, are we talking like this is lifelong perfect writing? I would argue no, <laughs> maybe it could, you know, uh, I, but I do think that it allows us to focus on the important bits, which is where I kind of come from, from this podcast. That's my general belief. And I want to meet people and talk to people about that belief about how AI can in, in scale the human and make us uh, enable us 
to focus on the more interesting parts of the work of the assignment of the lesson of whatever and leave that communicative bit about the detailed communicative bit right writing the essays for it right proving that oh, well let's make sure the argument is sound but that's a, that's a human thing the sound logic needs to be coming from the human that you have to endorse that so you are on the line for that but as it has having a, a personalized editor or a, an assistant at your hand is just going to make you it's just going to force you to be able to it's going to sorry it's going to enable you to focus on the things you need to focus on the lesson plan summarizing text reading more content figuring out which papers you should read first which ones are you know prioritize your effort and your time so i think the demand on students is going to get much higher as teachers embrace generative ai i think it's going to be an interesting time i want to hopefully i'll get to talk to some more teachers on the podcast now when it comes to coaching let's talk about coaching uh i have a life coach slash therapist, whatever you want to call it, get real personal. Uh, I, and I, and I talk to him on the phone. I actually don't see him in person. I don't think an AI can replace the conversations and the breakthroughs I've made with my, with my coach, um, because of in that intonation, at least not today, that intent, that the, the tone that he has, uh, again, it's, it's, it's a very human experience. The sounds you can, pick up the motion you can pick up that tension there's these subtle things you can pick up with people and when you know you're talking to another person it's very genuine right you're connecting with a person vocally or if you're on a video call or if you're in person right like you know your body language looking into a person's eyes uh like ryan had pointed out during the during the the during the conversation but what's fascinating is how somehow along the lines we've equated generative AI to a human experience and that's not the case. So I'll get back to my point about can how AI can extend the human touch in the sense of coaching. It sounds like I'm saying no, but it can. But like he said, I don't think it can replace it, but again, it really can extend it. And how do I know that? There's I'll put this in the episode show notes. I found an app called uh, and I don't endorse this app. I've never used it. It's a couple of them called Rocky.ai and selfpause.com. They have an AI life coach. And what it really is, is a conversational user experience. Now, for those that are not tech people like me, the user experience is really focusing in on how the user experiences your piece of software. A conversational user experience, so one example of user experience would be a mouse and a keyboard, you know, with a screen, like a computer. A conversational user experience is one where you talk to a computer, right? Just through dialogue, through communicative uh, chat, through a chat window, whatever you want to call it. Now, what generative AI gives to that? It doesn't, we've had conversational UXs and chatbots for a long time, but a generative AI gives it a much more human touch. It's a simulated human touch, but it's it the way it's working is it's statistically giving you what you're looking for. And you can tailor these models, these AI models, to deliver content in a very certain way. You can you can, you know, have it pull from your personal data that you're giving to a life coach if they have notes. You can pull from your health records if you've got like maybe you've been using Noom or uh, I was talking about Noom or or just tracking your, you know, Apple Health, whatever you're using. If a if 
a bot could read that, it can generate very human sounding expressions and language to communicate that to you. So it feels very personable, but it's really just gathering data and then just generating a good response to that a very human sounding response. And does that replace the human touch? No, obviously not. Like you could simulate it for sure. And it feels very, I think what, what's really blown people away with like things like chat GPT and Google Bard and, and Llama and like Facebook stuff, like the thing that is coming out with generative AI, uh, large language models is how human it actually feels. It's a unique experience when you start chatting with this. Like Ryan pointed out, it makes him a better coach. He uses the AI to help him summarize text, but he converses with it. He debates with it. Now, is he debating with a person? No, but it is trying to find arguments. It's trying to find those answers to get Ryan thinking a certain way. That's no different than a life coach or my therapist, right? They're trying to get you to think a certain way. So I look at these apps that have these chatbots built in, these conversational user experiences that are built on top of, ideally, probably built on top of generative AI. I'm not going to assume that, but if it could be, I'm sure you could. Sorry, I know you can. Whether they're using it, I don't know. But you can get a very human feeling experience without a human actually being there. So maybe your AI coach is your first line of defense that's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's pulling from you to how are you feeling? You know, and, and then maybe that scales up the coach a bit. Uh, you know, you have 10 clients, they're all chatting to reinforce it. Like Ryan talked about reinforcing the learning afterwards. If someone's having a leadership crisis in his, after his workshop, rather than trying to get a hold of Ryan, who's only one person, you know, you start talking to the chatbot about what you can do. And, and then, you know, it's, I'm using Ryan as the example. He assumes that he is able to, you know, assume you can tailor a model to kind of deliver his flavor of leadership training. It can provide him with some, some references, some resources, generate some good content. And you're not going to be as so as a programmer, you know, like I'm, I do program things once in a while. You don't have to be so prescriptive about the, the variable, the different branches that the conversation can take. It doesn't have to be so prescriptive anymore. Now it's just taking text. You've seeded it with a bunch of knowledge and then it's going to generate something in response to that text. And you're covering all English language or all language, whatever native language you want. On top of that, just to point that out too, you can now translate between languages, right? Like you can, you can have these conversations. They might not be as perfect, but they certainly can, what's the word again? They certainly can help that again, that extend that human, extend that reach, extend that knowledge sharing that Ryan couldn't do on his own. Now, is that unique to coaching? I focused on coaching. I don't think it is. I think the things that Ryan talked about today, uh, content generation, uh, which is, you know, our content summarization, again, for, for going over papers, um, conversational, use, uh, rich, enhanced conversational user experiences using things like large language models like ChatGPT. I think this applies to anything you're trying to learn. 
Um, there's a reason why I wanted to bundle coaching and teaching together because I don't think they're as different as they are. They are going to have different impacts. The, the, the changes are going to be there, but I, I don't see it that different. We're going to see the same stories over and over again because it's a tool. Ryan pointed this out really well a few times over. It's just a tool, another tool that you can use in your arsenal. How you use it to deliver your product or your service or your skill, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a learner, whether you're a coach, uh, whether you're whatever else you can, whether you're a live streamer, right? Whatever you're using it for, it's just a tool and it can do very specific things. It can translate, it can summarize, it can generate content, it can give human responses to things. But it's not going to replace that human logic aspect of it, that human feeling that I want to call that intimacy level of connecting with another person, at least not today. But in the short term, in reality, where we live today in 2023, large language models specifically enhance conversational user experiences. They also allow us to summarize language a lot faster. And again, it enhances us and scales us up. I think that's an interesting way to look at this especially if you're time limited. We all have a limited amount of time to do these different things we need. And I think it's going to be an interesting take on how training in general works for people and learning in general for works for people with generative AI in the mix. And those are my real, that was the real big takeaway of it was it, it confirmed my suspicion around teaching and learning because I'm not a teacher. I do lectures and things like that. But the idea of using this to enhance my ability to teach, to enhance the amount of content I can I can review, uh, enhance my ability to, uh, t sorry, uh, tailor my content and my learning to exactly what I want based on how I'm wording it in real time, right? Just start chatting on a, with a bot it can really give me a proper response and something that feels natural to me. And I think that's a really interesting, that's something we couldn't do before. It was very programmatic. Everything had a very static style to whatever the programmer or whatever the authors, the content writers had. Now we have something that'll generate content that feels right to the tone. And, and the vendors or the Ryans and the people using the AI to deliver that stuff, the Rocky.AIs, they can tailor the personality they want to get. Right? What style should I be communicating? Should I be short and sweet? Should I be curt? Should I be rude? Should I be polite? Should I be whatever? You can get those personalities and you can start to build these things up over time as we tailor these models and get more unique with them. I think the large language models will be a fascinating way to transform um, teaching and learning all around. And I think that students that embrace it, I think, you know, beware, watch out for the plagiarism aspect of it, because like, you have teachers that may not agree with you, at least not yet. So feel free to figure that part out before you start using it. You know, so I think it's a fair question to ask a teacher what their thoughts are on ChatGPT. Uh, on the flip side of that for teachers, understand that AI detection is not really a thing. These things sound really good. Um, know that, you know, ChatGPT is just another tool in the tool belt now for you as well. You can expect more from your students. If you allow, if you can allow ChatGPT to be in your room, to, to be in that class, you can get them focused on delivering that content. I think that's a fascinating take about how maybe instead of having to write five essays a year, you have to write 20. Wouldn't that be interesting as one essay a week? And it has to be great. 
Sorry, sorry, students. I think your I think your job's gotten a lot harder if you're going to school these days. That's my take. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for the first afterthoughts on uh, can AI um, replace the human touch in teaching and coaching. I've been your host, David West. Um, this podcast was available on Spotify, on YouTube, obviously, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Um, you can find out more at rememberthehuman.ai and follow us over on LinkedIn if you want. That'd be great. And in the meantime, have a good one and have a pleasant rest of your day.